Why don't you fight me? You've already fought these girls and beat them. Why are you wasting time? You haven't beat me. <laughs> look at them. Now look at me. Now look at them and look, look at back me. at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what, what I was thinking whenever Shoshua was doing this. Fucking throwback to <laughs> fucking. I love those commercials. Thank you. You're welcome. That might be the intro. <laughs> Welcome into Animan Plus episode 62. My name is Alex Alex Sparkly. Hopefully you're having an incredible day, whatever day you are watching or listening to this podcast. Um, I got Zach here in the studio as per norm. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling on this wonderful Friday today? I'm doing good. I'm very interested to see how this one goes because we've got a little bit of a different podcast compared to usual this week. That is true. Th- this An episode like today, this is where Animan Plus really shines, in my opinion. This is... Like this time, you know, every you know few months a year is like our Super Bowl right now because it's time for a new season. You know, last week we only had what just Orient, right? Yep. Uh, this week we have multiple new series that we're going to talk about, give our thoughts on, and see if we're going to continue it or not. We're going to be talking about the strongest sage with the weakest crest in the land of Leadell, uh, Sabuki Bisco, Love of Kill, and Tribe Nine. All of those episode ones and even episode two for Leodel because that came out before last episode. We just hadn't checked it out yet. Uh, but both, yeah, he's watched episode one and two. I've watched one, so we're gonna give our thoughts on a lot, lot of anime today. I mean, was it like non series? Yes. If you count in our normal stuff, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a lot to talk about today. Ten actually. Ten. All right, shit. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I can guarantee they will not all make the cut just because that's a lot to talk about <laughs> week to week. But we'll see. I will see. Yeah, we'll see. I know at least one that probably will not make the cut for yeah. me. I, I can confirm that just based on how I felt after episode one. I'll still watch episode two, but we'll see. Uh, if you could, go follow us at Twitter, at AMN Podcast. We definitely appreciate that, as well as go check out the other shows like GameStetic, A Terrible Football Show, and Talking About Movies and Stuff. And lastly, if you want to support us for the Patreon, it's a great way to do so, uh, but don't feel obligated. Just be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, shout out to Andy, our tier one patron. Um, so, we're up to something. We're up to something. We are? Oh, yeah. We're up to something. We got something big coming. I'm going to go ahead and tease it now. I'm very excited for this. I'm very, very excited for this. We got something big coming. And I when have I, no idea what he's talking yeah, about. Yes, you do. It's what, I, it's what I was showing you in there. Come on. Bully on Twitter? Not that. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> I had to, I had to, it took me a second to remember that. Don't look up bully on Twitter. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. Oh, man. I was just trying to get whatever the latest bully video game news was because there was some article that came out about a bully two that you never played. Yeah, this was like two or three weeks ago. And when I looked up bully, <laughs> I didn't find the game. <laughs> but he found some bullies. I did find some bullies. I did not find the game. But no, it's what I was showing you in there. You know, the big thing that we have in the works right now. Yeah. Yeah, we're up to something. We're up to something. Uh, it is actually pretty legit. You know, I know we've teased stuff before and hyped it up stuff before. And there, there are things that we've done that, you know, in my opinion, were hyped. Like, I mean, episode 50 for, you know, this show or Lighthearted Gamers at the time, both, you know, good milestones for a podcast. Yeah, like those, definitely. those are definitely things to hype up and get excited about. Uh, going to video format, that was something to get hyped up and excited about. Um, having an actual URL, youtube.com forward slash Sparky3, that was something to get excited about. 
Um, you know, and uh, even you know, I mean, even for me at least, the name change from Lighthearted Gamers to Game Aesthetic, because I love the name Game Aesthetic, that was hype for me. But no, what we have in, in, cooking right now in the kitchen is like the most hype thing that we've done so far, in my opinion. Would, would you agree to that? Because this is this is big deal in my mind. Yeah, no, I would say that. Uh, it, it's big. I'm I'm very excited to reveal it to the world. I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, here in the near future, for sure. I'd probably, if we can get everything set up, I'd probably say maybe a couple, uh, few weeks, maybe second quarter. Yeah, well, I don't, no, I wouldn't say second quarter. Uh, I would st- I would say it would not, it'd probably be like maybe uh, best case scenario end of this month. The date that I I told you earlier, All that's right. best case. If not, probably February. Uh, I don't know if that'd be my guess, but we are up to something. I'm going to keep teasing that every week now on every show. We're up to something, and it's going to be really cool, and I really can't wait to show you guys. This is a big step for Sparky 3, and I'm ready for it. Uh, besides that, Zach, anything on your mind uh, that we need to chat about before we get into the multiple animes to chat about? <laughs> so I saw something the other day that made me think of just weird aesthetics and stuff like that. So... Where I work, a lot of people come through. And just the other day, I saw <laughs> some kid who walked in the door and had, like, these fat glasses that looked like <laughs> that looked like engineer anime goggles. Oh, okay. And they were, like, three-ringed. So, like, they were – he put them – he, like, put them down, and it looked like they had three rings. And he just <laughs> put his hands in his pockets with his thumbs and started straight up. I was like – that's a badass right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's flaunting his shit, dude. He knows. He embraces it. He embraces it. And that's what I love that. That's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Any more retro hunting that we need to know about with your addiction? Uh, I mean, not in anime-wise. Okay. I mean, I already own the big O. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm still waiting to hear um, uh English uh, release for 86 Blu-ray. I That's haven't, not happening. Fuck off. Yes, it. I mean, it got a, it got a dub in pretty much everything. It's gonna get a fucking normal release. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. But that's one that I'm looking forward to is figuring out when that release is gonna happen. But uh, no, that that thing about the kid that, that is pretty funny. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. funny when I saw it. <laughs> well, anyway, um, like I said, we're up to something. It's big. I'm just going to keep plugging that. I just want to, I want you to keep it in your mind that we're up to something big. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the anime talks. I'll go ahead and kick things off here for me with the weakest one, which is ironic because it's in the name. Uh, Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest, Episode 1. The concept seemed interesting, um, but I felt like the episode really failed to deliver, and I don't know the base content. I have not read the light novel, but from what I even saw, people who have read the light novel also said that it kind of fell short with the story. Uh, There was a lot of source material they skipped over, like, and glossed over. Uh, There was some other comments where, you know, someone, you know, haven't read the source material, but they said that it's like, their comment was, I feel like I watched an entire season in one episode. And that's kind of how I felt, too. I mean, I'm not going to say it was that bad or like it was like literal, you know. Yeah. But it did have that feel where there was just a lot that happened throughout the episode. And if what the other some of the other comments that I saw from like light readers is true, where they skipped a lot of source material, it just seems like they're kind of speeding things up a lot. This is going to be a 12-episode series. I don't know. Uh, so when it immediately kicks off, you, it, you get introduced to our protagonist, who, unfortunately, as per normal, I don't know his name because this series didn't stick with me, so it didn't stick with me to want to remember his name. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean I'm just going to be completely honest. That's, I think that's happened to you before, too. 
Um, I mean, that's why we call several characters just weird nicknames, like Mr. Sure. I still can't remember his name. <laughs> I still can't remember his name. Yes, Mr. Sure and Platinum Inn. But anyway, we get introduced to our pro tag. He's a complete and utter badass. He fucking just d- destroys this demon or dragon, whichever which I don't remember. And, uh, you know, he was talking about, like, how his crest, he's like, how it's, like, essentially maxed out. He can't get stronger. Yeah. So he essentially, like, reincarnates himself because, you know, when you meet him, he is, like, an adult. He is an adult, you know, mage, the strongest mage. And next time you see him after he reincarnates himself with, I guess, a spell, he's a little kid. And where he, you know, when being reincarnated, he's got a new crest. So the crest that he currently has is his fourth crest. So he's done this multiple times now. Uh, the, and the crest that you're given is just given at random. Okay, that's some interesting concepts. Uh, you know, in his case, the crest that he got is known as the crest of failure. That's the crest that he got this fourth time around. It's considered a very weak crest, whatever. I mean, when you've died three times, you can sort of be considered a failure. I mean, yeah, that's, that is very true. Um, so, like Krillin. Uh, Krillin, didn't, Krillin didn't deserve that. I love, I love, I love, I love Krill dog. Which makes this even funnier. Krillin didn't deserve that. For Krillin. Krillin didn't deserve that. Uh, Yamcha, on the other hand, I love Yamcha too, but Yamcha, he deserves that. Anyway, um, so, you know, when we get introduced to our character, he's going to like, you know, enroll, enroll in like this magic academy and stuff. Uh, for our, our protagonist, he can still do like, like, it, you know, the best way to describe it is like full metal alchemist, like, you know, how, Ed can just clap and transmutate, you know, kind of like that, where he can just cast spells without actually citing off the yeah. spell itself or doing any sort of prep for it. He can just do it uh, because that's, you know, it's castless, uh, you know, castless spells is something that's was really normal in eras before and it's not now. So, like, you know, when he gets in, you know, into like the main, you know, like city that we're focused on where he's going to enlist in Academy Two is what it was. was. There's obviously an Academy One that's like the top dog of the city or whatever. Uh, you know, he goes into a magic shop, meets, you know, I'm assuming his companions and potential love interest because at the moment he sees a girl, he's like, oh man, she's hot. Uh, and they're. <laughs> that's just weird sometimes with Isekai. I know, I know. Uh, and they're in, you know, they're getting ready for like the entrance exam and they need a sword uh, enchanted for the exam for one for one of the two characters. But the, the blacksmith's like, nope, can't do it. It's going to be it's going to take too long, whatever, and blah, blah. And our character's like, I'll enchant it. If you just make the sword, I'll enchant it. You know, and uh, the guy's like, whatever, you got the crest of failure. But yeah, sure, we'll give it a shot. You know, and they're kind of thinking, she's like, there's no way he's going to be able to just do this immediately or whatever. And our character's holding the sword and just, all right, it's done. And Ham's like, wait, what? It's like, no, no, it's not done. No, it's not. It's just like, yeah, it's done. Yeah, it's enchanted. He didn't like a second. And they're like, no, it's not. And they're like, they touch the wood table with like the tip of the sword and cuts the table in half. They're like, all right, so yeah, that's enchanted. All right, that's weird. Anyway, so this guy can do cast of spells. Don't know how you can do that. And then, of course, once you get into the fucking uh, you know, entry exam, he blows everyone out of the water because he can do cast of spells. Everyone's like, oh, damn, that's rare. How can you do that? You know, he f- passes everything with flying fucking colors. And then the, the like the uh, like the head instructor of the school is just like, we want you to teach students because, you know, you can do cast of spells. And that's a lost art. None of the other teachers can do it. So I want you to teach the teachers and the other students. It's just like, okay, yeah, sure. And in the, you know, throughout the episode, he's teaching the other students and teachers how to do castle spells. It's like, oh, see, it's not that hard. And then it brings us to another, like, weeks later in the first episode. In the first episode, we already have a, a weeks later time skip where it's now, like, for a school versus school battle. The hell? Yeah, already, right? Academy 1, Academy 2. 
And, you know, this whole episode, our pro tag's kind of, like, under suspicion of, like, you know, demons, yeah. you know, being, like, overrunning this era that he's in right now. And sure enough, that is the case because when he gets in time to go against, you know, school to one, he's, like, sensing demonic presence and aura from some of these students because it's demons in disguise. I mean, sure enough, who would have guessed a guy named Devilus? He's a demon. Oh, fuck. Who would have guessed that? Uh, yeah, Devilus. There's somebody in the back named Starscream, too. Uh, there is, dude, straight up. So, you know, uh, fucking our protag has the battle with Devilus and the fucking, you know, headmaster of school one's like, oh, man, Devilus is a demon? It's like, oh, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You know, uh, he fucking beats the demon, you know, pretty easily, whatever. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to rid the rid the world of the demons or whatever. It just felt like there was so much that happened in one episode. This sounds very boring, to be honest. It was. It really was, man. I felt like I wasted 23 minutes of my time. I mean, I'm down with a OP character, but if from everything you're saying, this just sounds like a success story, and it just nothing stops him. So it's honestly pretty boring. Yeah, that's that's basically it. You know, because he's just a broken ass fucking character as a little kid, and you know, and also when it comes to this this crest of failure, it's not even actually a weak crest. That's just what the demons labeled it as. You know, to like scare people or make people like oh think you're weak or whatever. Like the demons are the ones that you know they have just kind of like twisted time and twisted what's what how things have happened over time. Oh, like how the oni don't regulate the exactly bushy exactly. <laughs> you can have motorcycles and swords just everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like that in Orient. It's the same fucking concept. I don't know, man. I I didn't really enjoy it. Uh, I will say the music was good. I did like the music, like the opening, the outro, the music throughout the episode. I did enjoy all that. Like I, if I, I actually tweeted about this, if I had to write the music alone, I'm giving it like an A plus. I mean, it was good music, but the show itself, like maybe like a, a C minus D plus, it, you know, something like that. So I, I gotta ask because I didn't watch this one. The real big thing that's always uh, important about OP main characters is, did it really focus on any of the side cast or anyone? No. no. Okay, so that's where it's probably hurting because the real like drama and stuff that usually pulls people in usually comes from the side cast, and then OP character being OP is just like I'm here to help. <laughs> Basically, yeah. No, I mean we we got a little focus on on the couple of uh, female protags that we got introduced to, um, but it was very little, and it was more so just the one that he thinks is hot more than the other one, like her like her friend, whatever. She really got just kind of shafted to the side. I, I'm t- I'm telling you this. <sighs> I mean, the, apparently the light novel's great. Apparently the light novel's fantastic. Uh, but in terms of the anime, apparently they have uh, skipped a lot of source material and I guess speeding things up. Because I'm telling you, I mean, the, this episode felt like it just had so much going on. So I, I wouldn't recommend it personally. I didn't care I for mean, it. I mean, in one episode you went from rebirth to young adult to inner school battle, which is usually like a good at least 12 episodes in a regular series. <laughs> this is episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a no for me, dog. Uh, that is, out of all the shows that we have that we're going to talk about today, all the new shows, that one is the only one that I can 100% confirm, at least from me, I will not be reviewing it every week. Some of these others, we'll see. Uh, some of the, I know there's at least two of these that I will continue to review. The others are up in the air. We shall see. <laughs> uh, let's jump over to the next one. Uh, which one do we want to jump over to? In the Land? Yeah, in the land. In the land of Leodow. So you watched uh, the second episode as well. How yep. was that? You know, Well, first, let's just kind of talk about the series. Uh, well, you know, So I expressed concerns to you privately about like the possible direction of the show without you know going into yeah. it. Did episode two 
is my suspicions kind of correct, or are we going to kind of explore that a little bit? No, your suspicions are actually pretty quite correct, and Fuck. I'm I'm actually fine with that because every now and again I just enjoy having a nice feel good um, anime slice of life. Forget all the drama. Forget all the action. We're just gonna peace and chill. <laughs> All right, I can respect that. So with this series, it immediately starts off like where you see like a city. Uh, it's the middle of a mm-hmm. thunderstorm. Uh, thunderstorm, you know, you know, naturally sometimes lose power. Yep. Uh, you see power lost. You hear like a hospital monitor uh, just kind of go obviously flatline. Flatline. Uh, and then after that, the next thing you have is our main character waking up in Leo. Little, little girl whose parents from the ends waking up. This. This. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, when the, you know, when she awakes, you know, it's just kind of like a huge shock about where she is, what's happening. Uh, because you know, the last thing that she knew is that she was in the hospital. Yep. Uh, so she is in this, uh, she is in a, you know, a VR game, uh, named, uh, is the, is the name just, uh, Leodale? Is yes, that the Leodale. name? That is the, okay. I just want to make sure that is the name of the game for sure. And, you know, her waking up, you know, she's, you know, remembering, she's like, you know, I was in the hospital, you know, and then she's looking around and noticing how like different things are in the game and just di- like different because like it you know she notices like you know it's it's told to her like oh there's not seven countries and stuff like that you know which is yeah. what she remembers you know there's only three and just everything just a huge culture shock and during that scene she comes to find out that it's apparently been two hundred years in the game yep so not only did she her mind get jacked into the game it seems that it's jumped her two hundred years in the game yep. So, pretty much just tons of stuff has happened. Yeah, because like in in her in her impression, she doesn't actually know what's the state of her. She like yeah. she, she's like, did I die? Did my mind? I guess my mind got into the game, but like, what about my body? Am I dead? Yeah. Like, what happened in the real world? Like, yeah, she sort of thinks about it and everything, but she soon just. Sort of accepts it and try and puts it back for mine to enjoy this new world she's been dropped into. Yeah, because see, that was my concern that I expressed to Zach privately is after watching episode one, I just felt like the kind of just from the description of the show that I read, you know, like the general synopsis and just from the vibe I got in episode one, I was just like, I'm afraid that we're not going to actually get to find out if she's dead and what like you know, how she got into the game, you know, I, I'm, I was afraid that we're not going to find that out. So, well, I think we might still, because in the first episode, she does reference trying to find other players. Yep. So she is at least in some form or fashion looking for other players. And in episode two, it actually references some event that happened 200 years ago, which is probably when the power surge happened yep. and flatlined her which apparently caused some sort of state within the game, changing it from just a game into a form of reality mm-hmm. for her and then all the NPCs. Now, you know, just talking about the the show itself, though, I will say I did, I, you know, what you're saying with, like, the slice of life and vibe. So I think I did enjoy a lot of the just general commentary of the show. You know, I thought I enjoyed the comedy of the episode. You know, I, I my favorite part was whenever she was talking about trying to find that silver tower. And it's like, oh, that belongs to, like, the Witch of the Silver Ring. Ring or whatever. And she freaks out. It's like, oh, that cringy-ass name is still around. <laughs> she's like, even 200 years, I'm still stuck with this nickname. Yeah, she's like, I'm still stuck with the nickname that I made up for myself. Because she's, like, a super OP fucking witch. I don't know if she made it up for herself because what it showed was a shot of her with some silver artifact around her. And pretty much what I got from the second episode, because she goes to the Capitol and she actually meets her children. 
or okay. one of her children. And, but it does show all three of her children. And it sort of references that she may have sacked an entire player city by herself. Oh. So. I mean, episode one did kind of lay down the law <laughs> that she is very fucking strong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she was sort of became more, it seems like that nickname came from the other players rather than herself. Okay. Uh, now, we haven't actually got to see, like, any sort of, like, level scaling about how everyone is kind of is nor- what's normal and whatnot. But, like, her level's, like, like 1,100-something. Like, she's busted. Yeah, her level is 1,100. And then, actually, during the first episode when she's looking at her children's character screens they're all like in the 300s okay which also the children thing was really funny so for the children thing like when she went when she actually got back to her tower and visiting the tower she went up to the top and like visiting like the i guess the guardian of the yeah. tower powered her powered it back up whatever the guardian's just like oh by the way what what's the child's name they said do you remember i can't remember but he's a elf priest all right, we're just going to call him Jim. So, anyway, the tower's just like, by the way, Jim came about 50 years ago, and she has no idea who the, who this kid is. She's like, who is that again? It's like, oh, that's your son. And she's like, my, my what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just like thinking about it. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, there was that adoption system in the game, wasn't there? Yeah, the fostering system. <laughs> yeah, the fostering and then, system. And the door's just like, what? <laughs> because apparently all the NPCs came sentient at that of Power Search thing, and none of them have any reference for any of the game mechanics. Yep. They all can recognize her skill and power and whatnot, but they don't recognize the actual game mechanics themselves. Right. And one thing that I am uh, interested to see more about is, you know, we've already got some teases about it, is like what exactly happened in these 200 years that changed uh, such a massive uh, shift in the land where it went from seven countries or seven nations, whatever, down to three. That's one. That's something that I am kind of excited to see more uh, explored Well, on. it actually does slightly explain it in the second episode because... More or less, she wakes up to, um, was that it? Yeah, no, because the last episode ended with uh, some people trying to break into her room to steal her crap and led to her lightning tiger thing chasing them away. And she continues to sleep. In the next episode, she wakes up to a commotion. A caravan gets attacked, and she meets a merchant guy who's leading caravan and he sort of helps explain some of the things that happened that give her answers like finding out that more or less when the event from 200 years happened the people realized something was wrong and came together to become more unified and slowly and forcing down from the seven nations down to the three and this all guy also helps her figure out find out where her son is jim and because she's just like, I'm here searching for somebody. And he's like, oh, who? And she says, Jim. Jim? Or no, she's like, oh, he's a pri- he's an elf priest. And he's just like, an elf priest in the capital? And she's like, yeah, his name is Jim. He's just like, and everyone in the bars and and it's like, what? He, they're all like, how do you know him? He's my son. What? <laughs> just big question marks. So as it comes out, all her children are fairly well known. Okay, right on. Um, and like in the second episode, so she meets this merchant. He agrees to give her a ride to the capital because she saved one of the soldiers who was protecting him and helped him out and whatnot. So they just give her a ride. She hangs out. She has a nice little moment with the little kid and everything about promising her to come back, giving her her first item she ever made and things like that. And the child just, she was like, you know the silver tower out in the woods? Yeah, the evil witch. 
it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl's just like, but you're not evil. <laughs> and everything and making a little promise with the girl. And then the rest of the episode takes part in the Capitol. And it's funny because she goes to the temple where her son, at the Jim is. And she's like, oh, I came to see Jim. And the one of the priests is like, do you have an appointment? No, I don't. It's like, well, we can't really just let anyone come to see him. It's like, oh, that's understand. I guess I shouldn't be trying to ease up on him when he's working. And she just sort of walks off and the priest is sort of just confused. Like, that was sort of weird. But she pieces out and is walking around town and she just hears a loud voice and she's like, that voice sounds recognizable. Goes into a Dock Harbor S building and she finds her dwarf son in there. Dwarf. Yeah, so okay. she, she has two elf children. One, one's the older Jim, uh, elf daughter, who's the headmaster of the academy. Call and, her Leah. That's the first thing that popped in my head. Okay. And then the dwarf, whose name is uh, Kadvos? Kadvos? Something like that? First thing that popped in my head was Chad. Okay. And it's funny because she sort of walks in, and, and he's, he sort of just turns around and sees her. He sort of squints. She says the name. He's just like, Mom? <laughs> and she just face plants when he calls her that because she's just like I wasn't expecting that but I should have been <laughs> and like he's this burly tough dwarf he's commanding all these workers on this big old ship and all of them are just like did he just call her mom <laughs> and she just comes over there he's like mom are you okay okay and she just gets up starts patting him on the head he's blessing it all those guys are like what's happening <laughs> And he's just like, stop patting my head. I'm not a child. <laughs> I love the accent you're throwing in with it. <laughs> but he doesn't really say it. He's just sort of like, he he's enjoys the daughter of his mother. And it has a nice little moment of her meeting her son after 200 years mm -hmm. and him sort of catching her up on, yeah, big brothers, big all high priests and whatnot. Sis is the head of the academy. She's like, you're going to become an adventurer? Yeah, I'm going to become an adventurer. They've more or less, she's going to become an adventurer and everything. So they have their nice little moment. His entire crew's hiding behind boxes, just like. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> um, and she goes off to the Venture Guild. She signs up for that. And um, she just picks a random quest as they're trying to get her, her guild card. She's like, oh, if we need a potion. She's like. I got a potion. She goes to the desk as they give her a card. It's like, will this potion work for this qu for this question? And they're just like, yeah, it'll work. It seems awfully high quality. And she's like, oh, it's not a problem. I've had it for years. I'm not. I haven't used it. She's like, okay, take it. Pay her two silver. Um, apparently, it's a request for the academy. So, come to find out, it ends up in the hands of her daughter, <laughs> or the hands of her daughter's husband. Actually, oh, okay. And everything. Then she carries on and runs into a weird night guy who winks very awkwardly <laughs> and a sorceress lady who are trying to find a child who it very heavily hints that he's the prince of the kingdom. But it's very funny because <laughs> uh, whenever they find him, he's trying to help a cat who's on a string and gets into trouble. She saves him with magic. And when he sees his sorceress teacher or whatever, he begins to run away. And the sorceress who's hired, um, I can't even remember our female lead's name. Just like, don't stand there, catch him. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> so she literally, for the, most of the rest of the episode, 
chases the child and more or less just plays with him because <laughs> he's running and everything and she's just sort of da -dee -da -dee -da. all this magic and whatnot to the point he's just she's just catching up to him constantly and finally he get, jumps in a boat he's just like rose out to the middle of the harbor he's like how do you like those apples his eyes go wide she's just walking on the water <laughs> <laughs> and it just draws a whole big crowd of people and they're all just watching the kid row real fast and to the point where you see in the scene she's chasing and eventually she's just chilling on the stern letting him row. <laughs> just watching him as he continues rowing around the boat and she's just chilling on the stern of it. <laughs> to finally just catching him and tying him up. And they have a little moment. She's like, do you know who I am? She's like, you're primo. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was very, very obviously going to call you something, but I don't want to be involved, so you're primo from now on. <laughs> And he's just like, you see what you've caused? I'm now being called Primo. And she does her whole thing, goes away. The end she's staying at celebrates with a bunch of non-humans because she made a big commotion at the harbor. And it has a nice little ending scene with her children talking. It's just like, yeah, so mom's in town. It's like, mom's are fine. fine. Yeah, she tried to visit you, big brother, but they wouldn't let her in. She's like, who didn't let in my mother? They're going to be punished. <laughs> oh, it's one of those kind of characters. Yes. Okay. And the sister's just like, calm down. They don't know who she is. What do you expect? And she's just like, oh, mother's in town? And that sort of explains why we got a random potion of such a high quality made in a way that's not hasn't been used in centuries. <laughs> sort of realizing this, and they're just sort of, sort of like, what's going to happen? because <laughs> even when she uh our mc was talking to her dwarf he, son he's just like so what you doing in town he's just like oh i'm gonna be an adventurer you're not going to attack anybody are you because <laughs> so apparently when there was a game she had a bit of a temper well i could see that <laughs> yeah so overall, it sounds like you're really enjoying this. Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I mean, I I don't get a chance to watch these series very often, so because I, mean, I enjoyed episode one personally, yeah. I've enjoyed both episodes, so I'm probably going to very much enjoy this series. Okay, it's scheduled for twelve episodes. Uh, I do know that. You know, if you had to give it like a letter grade from what you've seen so far, where would, where would you kind of put this, and how highly would you recommend someone checking it out? I would put it at a B so far. Okay, and I mean, if you're just looking for a slice of life, just no real edginess dark concepts or anything it's a i'd definitely pick it up i i think i gave it like a b minus or a b i think is what i gave it yeah. you know i felt pretty good about the first episode i was just kind of like i said concerned like are we going to explore what exactly happened uh which you know i am still would still like to do <laughs> i still would like to explore that but uh, if we don't you know we'll uh, we'll see how it goes but i'd give it a b i mean i i personally enjoyed the first episode i'm, I'm, I'm now looking forward to watching the second because now i'm gonna watch the second and whenever I watch that dwarf, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking imagine you're I'm just gonna imagine you now with the accent. That's all that's all I'm gonna do now. <laughs> also, I wanna I wanna also shout out I loved how just like on the fly and just straight face you just kept rolling with Jim like it was no problem. <laughs> I, I really like that. That's why I kept laughing over here. It's because of how smooth and easy it was. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Where do you want to go from here? I would say, you know, let's save Travnan for a minute. So okay. I'd say one of the other ones. How? You, which one do you want to hit? Mushrooms. Mushrooms. <laughs> Mushrooms. So what the hell is this series? Bro, it's going to be a massive trip. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, Sabuki Bisco. Am I pronouncing that right? Is it Sab That's, yeah, you're good. Sab all right, cool. Yeah, we'll roll with that. Sabuki Bisco. 
You know, first off, what drew my attention to this series when I saw, like, the cover art, like, Stone Cold, Biscar main character, looks like fucking Natsu and Kirishima fused, fused together. Yes. Like, straight up. So that's what immediately drew my attention. I'm like, what is this? So, essentially, I, I will say... The concept is actually interesting in a very wild way. It's very unique. Mm -hmm. I will definitely say that. And the concept is interesting where it's like it's a post-apocalyptic Japan. You see that right at the beginning where I guess like a bomb dropped or like some explosion happened. You see it right at the beginning. You know, Japan is a massive wasteland and like rust just kind of like overtakes the world where it even overtakes people. Mm -hmm. Where like one of the characters you get to see, one of our main characters, I guess, from what I've seen of the intro and the, you know, she has like rust growing on her body and her brother named, you know, this is not me making up a name for once. Dr. Panda, not making this up. That's actually the that's character. His nickname. That, that's his nickname. That's legit. His I'm, I'm ag- not, this is not a gym situation. His actual name is like Neko, Neko Tamiya or some crap like that. And that's why I'm calling him his nickname, Dr. Panda. Anyway. So it's Dr. Panda's sister where he's, you know, she's like going up, like, you know, get up at one point. He says like, Oh, you know, don't, you know, the, if the rust gets close to your heart, you'll kill you. So, like, the rust is, like, a legit problem. It overtakes everything. It overtakes life. You when, Earlier on, when you get to see Dr. Panda, for, you know, for the first time, he's helping a child who has rust in a growing. Brothel. Yeah, in a brothel. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. It's a, free, it's a free clinic, okay? Can you can, And you really complain if it's free. Yes. Well... Fuck off! It's free, <laughs> um, but you know, you know, you get to see like the, uh, you know, at the beginning you do get to see our pro tag uh, all kind of like wrapped up and everything, and he's got like a big like van with him or a big you know wagon, wagon with him, yeah that he's pulling in through some a checkpoint. They're kind of just asking a bunch of generic questions. You see our pro tag on a wanted poster, you know, wanted for like eight hundred k, you know, because he's a you know like known as the mushroom eater. Or the what it was like mushroom eater, like mushroom caller, or whatever it was. Where basically his uh, what he has is like he has an arrow, right? And with this arrow, any any a bow and arrow, wherever he shoots the arrow, mushrooms like sprout. giant, yeah, just sprout out. And everyone thinks that mushrooms are the cause of the rust, something like that. Yeah, it's something the, along those lines. And also very hence that Bisco is not the only one with this sort of ability. Yeah, because it references that he is simply a. Um, Mushroom gatherer, I believe, is what they called him. Yep. And it, as in multiple. So there are others who apparently can do similar things as Bisco. Yep. It's just Bisco is apparently the most prominent like well one known. At, at the moment. Yeah. And they kind of how they, they, you know, talked about mushrooms, like mushrooms is like like an outlawed thing because they believe that they believe rust is comes from the mushrooms. They yes. believe like the, you know, it, it causes it. When it comes to Dr. Panda, he collects mushrooms to try to create you know, antidotes. A yeah. A cure for the rust. You know, so he's, you know, he's collecting them all in secret doing his thing. Uh, you know, um, you know, with that, you get to see, I guess, like the, like uh, the government that you get to meet the governor, which mm-hmm. also shout out to the voice actor. That guy is a very busy man. I always draw. I always forget his name. I always forget Same. his name. As soon as he came on the screen, I recognize his voice. Yeah. In the it's hard not to. I can't think of your name, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, um, uh, it's overhaul. Yeah. It's the, uh, the man in black from two year eternity. You know, it's Nanami from JJK. I mean, his voice is so recognizable. I mean, you can't not recognize it, especially in this case where he seems to be a dick. You can't not recognize this man's voice when it's a villain. He's so good at that role of being a villain. So, you know, shout out to him for being in the show. That's pretty cool. With his fucking bun squad. That fucking... That confused the hell out of me. (laughs) That killed me. Literally, his... 
people his all, posse. all have rabbit heads. Like, no one else has had animal heads, so there is no explanation as why they have this. Literally, everyone else is walking around normal. He is chilling with sunglasses and then rabbit head crew. Yeah, it, it's, it's just, like, big, like, over-the-top, like, rabbit masks. Yes. Like, just for no fucking reason. I lost my shit when they popped up on screen. It, it was even, so funny. And it even shows a character whose mask is, like, falls off, so... They purposely have to wear these masks as uniform. (laughs) Which is fucking amazing to me. I love this. It's so stupid. I'm here for it. Um, you know, so what, you know, at this point when you get to see all the, you know, the fucking, you know, rabbit head squad, the bun squad, uh, this is also when Bisco now attacks his city and is firing fucking mushrooms all over the place. You actually to see him in action, how his ability works, uh, and to give a little bit of a spoiler for like probably episode two. So it's not much of a spoiler is just, and this is also just cause it's on the synopsis, you know, it's not, so it's not an actual spoiler. So Bisco's mission is that he is trying to find a certain rare mushroom that will actually like eat away the rust. So his goal with sprouting these mushrooms is he's trying to help and return the world back to the way it was. But everyone in the world believe the mushrooms are the problem. And that's why him and I'm assuming what you were saying, like with the other people that can do that are considered outlaws and everyone fucking hates them and there's wanted posters for them because they believe it's the problem. Meanwhile, Bisco and his, I'm, I'm assuming people like him, know that it's not the problem, that it could be the fix. I'm not so sure because as so far it seems it's just Bisco, some old guy he dragged along into Panda's uh, clinic, and I assume Panda is going to be joining his crew. Yeah, yeah, but just based on just I guess the, the from what I've seen of like the the art and stuff, you know. And just the intro, I'm assuming he'll just be a prominent character for and the group. Because, I mean, Bisco is fascinated by this. Yes. You know, whenever, you know, he was running back uh, to his, uh, to his like, apartment, he, he was super excited about about the mushrooms sprouting out. Meanwhile, his sister was like, I'm about to go fucking throw down, basically. Like, you know, because you know, she's obviously under the impression that mushrooms are the know, problem. Why does her outfit as a commander have to have show, show so much skin? Anime. <laughs> like straight up like she started putting it on i was like why is there so many fucking holes <laughs> anime <laughs> that's why so I, yeah this is one that i actually really enjoyed because of how fucking stupid it is and how unique it is because it's very unique and that's the one thing that kind of like i thought was so interesting about it but i am i am i'm actually very curious to see the rest where the rest of this like you know 11 episodes are gonna go uh you know with trying to find this super rare mushroom that can eat away the rust whatever you know, so I I personally really enjoyed this. I probably gave it like a at first episode like a B plus. It was it was enough to really draw me into it because of how unique it was. I mean, I'll be curious to see the next episode because it's gonna jump back in time because we had some bit of time skipping in this episode, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming it's gonna do it again next episode. Yeah. Uh, what what would you kind of give this grade? And how would you recommend people checking it out? Uh, I mean, I at this point in time, I'd give it a B. As you said, it's an interesting concept and uh, very unique. It's probably going to be a bit of a interesting ride. <laughs> I, that's one way to put it. <laughs> After episode one alone, that is one way to put it for sure. Uh, all right, next up, let's do Love of Kill. Why don't you talk about this one? You check this, out this one first. Why don't, why don't you jump into this one and give me your thoughts on it? So our, it, I was, I don't know if it's following the guy or the girl. I think it's following the girl. I think so too. But our main love interest <laughs> is that guy, is that creeper dude who 
has made it known that he likes a girl, but he can't, doesn't get the hints of she's not interested. Yep. So he keeps pushing it. Yep. Horribly. <laughs> like, straight up, the first scene is them in a parking garage, and they're killing a bunch of people, and she tries to attack him, and he literally fights to the ground, mounts on top of her, and it's just like, what's your name? Yep. And takes a picture. <laughs> and she's just like, what? She's like, oh, I guess I wasn't being... Um, very clear. Yeah. I don't get to talk to girls very o- very often. I'm flirting I'm with you. I'm flirting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is different. <laughs> this is interesting. Okay. And then literally the rest of the episode is him is walking her, watching her go around and him just calling her, sending her pictures of just like, I guess bounties. Yeah, I different assume. bounties. It's like, hey, you can come claim this if you want. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, yo, I got this. If you uh, want the information, just let me know. And him calling her, and he's just like, "Why won't you ever pick up my no my phone my phone calls?" And she's just like, "Because no, because I don't to, like you." Even to the point where he eventually is like, "If you want to make a deal, you got to go on a date with me." Yeah. <laughs> and they're having a date on Christmas Eve, and there's a whole thing. Um, and it's also important to note that when she was like going into another meeting. Uh, this particular guy is a bounty that may be assigned to the agency that she's working yes. for. And so when she sees him, she's just like, I know this guy. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. And it's even <laughs> funny, whenever she's discussing the bounty with her boss in a restaurant, the boss gets up and leaves, and he's just he's in the booth behind her going, I'm getting tired of waiting. <laughs> it's like, where do you want to go? And he's like, you want to make a deal? <laughs> And it's when he goes out and takes her to go get, I think it was, uh, it was like shaved ice or something like that. And everything, they're having their meeting. (laughs) It's great because she flips the table, tries to tase him and everything and throws everything around. He grabs the taser, holds her. He's just like, sorry, everybody. Lover's quarrel. We're having a lover's quarrel. (laughs) Everyone's like fucking mean mugging him, like freaking being lovers. (laughs) I mean, it was very entertaining. It was definitely a different take on romance I've seen in a while. That's fucking true. It was definitely a different take on romance. Yeah. It's just very, I'm very curious to see the interaction between this two. Really, the one thing that really threw me off was the third guy that was part of the agency. Why do you have such a hard dialect? That's true. He did. <laughs> I didn't understand that either. I was very confused. Like, it was like really hard. I think it's sort of a like country s dialect for Japanese. I was just like, okay. I mean, cool for the character. He also doesn't have a mouth, but okay. Yeah, which I thought that was weird too. Uh, in this episode, we also got like a little bit of tease of like her backstory, where it's like her parents were killed, I guess. Yeah. And you know, this one, she was a little girl, and they just found her in the back of the the, the vehicle. So I'm kind of curious how that plays in the whole thing, because obviously they showed it for a reason. I don't know. I didn't. To me, it didn't look like they were killed as much as he committed suicide. Oh, okay. So, yeah, still curious where it's going to go, but... Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, the way you put it is, is right. This is a very interesting take on romance. I mean, it was a fun watch. I got some laughs out of it, which is, I guess, one of the main things that means I'm enjoying myself to some capacity. Uh, I mean, me personally, I'd probably give it like a, a B- based on the first episode. I mean, I thought it had a lot of interesting things about it where it's just like one guy... That is just, like you said, trying so hard and so fucking oblivious that she does not give a single shred of a fuck. Oh, uh, no. He, based on his character, he's aware. He just doesn't care. Yeah, that, that, okay, that's a better way to put it. He just doesn't give a shit at all, you know, uh, which, is, which is fun. And 
it's fun and cringy to watch at the same time, if that makes any sense. And Sword does address it at the, uh, towards the end of the episode after they have their date and whatnot. They go to a hotel and have a nice mule. And as he's sending her off to the subway station, he sort of just, I need to check real quick, just goes up, hugs her, and sniffs her. Fucking. Just, just gets a good so whip. So weird. And he's just like, you're the only person who doesn't smell uh, future to me. I was like, great. We're having another freaking giant uh, solo leveling moment. It, it's fucking weird, dude. And it's just a nice real close up. It just goes straight on his face. Just, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. As soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a, I feel like this show is going to be a little bit of a cringe fest at times. I mean, I'm going to be very interested because it seems like based on how the opening went, there's going to be a lot of action in it. Yeah. That is, okay. Now that's true. That's true. And, and it's going to be some intense fight because like it was a, there's like him and another guy running at each other, putting bullets, and there's a straight bullet hole in a guy's face. And he's still just coming out crazy eyes with a knife. I was just like, this is going to get some very violent fights. I mean, even the episode preview for two kind of already really showed that we're going to get some serious action in episode two, like from what I saw. So episode two, I think, is going to be pretty entertaining with some pretty decent action behind it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to watching it. But, yeah, I mean, I'd give it a B minus. I think it is a interesting take on romance, like you said, and just it is a fun watch. It's a fun watch where you're going to get some laughs out of it, and you're going to get, like, some laughs with, like, a little bit of a cringe. It's the best oh, way that most I – definitely. Yeah, laugh with a cringe is how you're going to get some stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, 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 it's an entertaining show. We'll keep watching it for now. We'll see, it. We'll see how it continues to grab our interest. Most definitely. Uh, next up, Tribe 9. This is one that we've both been kind of excited for for a little bit now. So, you know, we talked about it, and, like, even when you brought it up and I first looked at it and went, and I saw who was part of it, and I went, that sounds like the Danganronpa creator. And lo and behold, it is the Danganronpa creator. And also finding out that there is a game in the works for it. Yep. It, it's The way that I understand Tribe 9 is it's the same sort of concept, but it's same concept but bigger scale of what they're trying to do for Talk Op Destiny. It's it's a whole new, like, just a franchise, a brand that yes. they are making, you know, in Talk Op's case, made into an anime. You got the mobile game coming. And from what I read for Tribe 9, same thing. Tribe Nine's like a brand new brand sort of thing that they're working on. There's a game on the way. They have the anime. That's how they're kind of building Tribe 9. Well, the thing with Tribe 9 is, like, even after you first mentioned it, I was like, that sounds familiar to me. And the reason was is because the original trailer for the mobile game, because it's going to be a mobile game, Came out in February of 2020, and I saw that trailer back in February of 2020. Okay. okay. Because when I was looking up and I went, I played the trailer, I was like, I've watched this already. So it got recommended to me at some point. And I remember at the time watching the trailer for the first time going, this is Ropa style art. Looking up, Ropa creator. I was just like, all right, I'm down with it whenever this comes out. Still no date. Supposedly going to be this year, but still no date. Same thing with Talk Up game, but, you know, it'll happen yeah. when it happens. So... There's a whole website of it, so I've seen some of the other factions and the other characters that we're more than likely going to see in the anime. Mm -hmm. So I'm very curious because we have our Minato tribe. We have a biker tribe. We have a straight, what looks like traditional (coughs) style tribe. Um, We have our western, dark, edgy tribe. They look like straight medieval. And then there was one other one that I, there's red colored, but I can't remember how, what characteristic I had given them. And it's also, it's also important that we add some context to what the tribes are. 
So, which when they were breaking this down, I, I couldn't help but to laugh. I just thought it was such an interesting idea. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, it's based in Neo Tokyo, mm-hmm. like in the future. It's like, you know, there's all this crime happening and stuff. So they passed a law where it's like all conflicts need to be settled with extreme baseball. baseball. Which I'm just like, who the fuck's going to go for this? But okay, it's like they're already committing crime. It's not like they give a fuck to break laws, but it's like, whatever. Everyone's just going to go with, like, all right, I guess we'll play baseball to settle our differences. <laughs> which, you know, I thought that was so funny. And then it started breaking down like Japan of all the different tribes that's yes. all over Japan and stuff. And, you know, we did get to see more focus on our main tribe. Like you said, the Monado tribe, which is like the number one tribe in Japan, which I thought was also I liked that. I liked that we did not get a rookie bottom of the barrel team to work our way up. I, I actually really like the concept that, yo, we've already got the top dog to start. I don't necessarily know if it meant like the Minato tribe itself was the top dog, but their leader is the top player. I'm pretty sure that the tribe itself is number one okay. from what they said in the episode. So like the leader is like the top player in, in Neo Tokyo and that tribe is the number one team right now. Cause that's like the, like the, whatever organization, the other tribe, that's what they were saying. It's like, Oh yeah, if we beat the Minato tribe, we're going to be put in a great position. You know, like the, so yeah, they're, they're the number number one team, which I, I liked that. I thought that was very it's it's different. You know, we always get the underdog story. You know, we always get that. You know, it's you know we we do get the uh, like you know the top dog story every once in a while, but not as often you know as the underdog. So I actually really liked that concept. I thought that was nice. But yeah, I just thought it was funny. Where it's just like oh yeah, there's all this crime happening, so they pass law where all differences need to be settled with extreme baseball. I'm like yeah, sure, let's just fucking go with that. I guess you know everyone's just gonna just uh, saddle up, play some baseball, and which is ridiculous because. When it says extreme baseball, it means extreme baseball because, like, home plate is at some random intersection, almost looks like. Yep. First place is a random big old shrine, which, if I knew locations, would probably be recognizable to me. You play throughout the whole city, basically. Yeah. Second base is freaking Tokyo Tower. <laughs> Which I thought that was, like, when we finally actually get to see extreme baseball in action, and, like, they're they're running and jumping, like, parkouring all over the fucking Tokyo yeah, no, to get to the different bases. I'm like, oh, this is fucking wild. <laughs> yeah, no, everyone has natural superpowers. It doesn't address it, but everyone are superhumans, by the way. Um. So, yeah, no, it was very interesting, just the whole concept and everything. Um. Tuna and Boring, our Minato tribe, our quadruplets. I also want to stress, those are not our nicknames. Those are nicknames from the show. Yeah, <laughs> Those are nicknames that we would give. I just want to stress it's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> and just the whole concept of the whole extreme baseball, actually seeing them play the whole freaking Tesla cannon yes. pitcher. Yes. Our big gigantic first baseman who gets freaking tuna slapped. Gets thrown around like a tuna fish. Yeah, which that's also another thing about it. Like, I mean, just how we've kind of described it, where it's just like they're parkouring all over the place. Like, going up to, like, first base, whatever, like, someone got fucking, like, suplex slammed. Where it's like, get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to the base. Yeah, literally <laughs> literally to out somebody, you have to, one, have the ball, and second, beat their face into the ground. Yeah, you got to beat the fuck if, out of if them. If you touch them, they're not out. You have to put them in the ground. <laughs> which I thought was fucking great. Which was great when I forget the female, one female's name was she was telling him the uh, tune of the rules. She was like, once you have the ball, beat them up. Got it? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then, you know, after we got to see like the, our, our, you know, Tuna and Boring kind of do their thing. Again, not our nicknames. This is actually in the show. I uh, wanted to kind of do their thing. Then our pro tag steps. I was like, ah, well, time to show the newbies how it's done. Fucking <laughs> just nails it through a fucking tower. No, not, not just nails it. Nails it through the guy, the pitcher, and yep. the tower. Yep. And, and calls I, where he's putting it to. And we don't even address the fact that there's apparently, not only is there superpowers, there's super tech. But there's also weird psychic powers because Tuna, when he's up to bat, suddenly makes a field of key or something where people are in the ocean and slaps the ball like a tuna. <laughs> <laughs> and our boring sort of just like, did I see that? And our leader's just like, you saw the ocean, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> and all this crap. So, I mean, there's definitely going to be sort of those um, tropes of sort of game-esque and yeah, people yeah. having abilities and whatnot. I mean, it's going to be an interesting ride. I mean, I'm very... I'm here for it. I'm very down for it because I've enjoyed anything Ropa. All of those have been written very well. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be very for this. And also, I want to give a very, very special shout-out. The music is fucking A+. Plus. The music is good, Oh, too. my God. The music. I, I, I praise the music for The Strongest Sage, which that's, that episode did have a lot of good music. Like, I gave that one, like, an A, A+, plus, whatever. If I, if that if that's an A+, plus, this music's, like, an A+, plus, 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 plus. Like, I was I was vibing to the music all episode. Like, I loved it, dude. It was oh, so good. There's apparently a Blu-ray disc of the album available Fuck. in April. Fuck, yeah. I may have to grab that. In Japan. I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, no, to me, uh, starting for the show, I'd give it probably like uh, an A minus. Again, music is fucking crazy good, but I'd probably give it a A minus. Is probably what I'd kick, give this show uh, as a good kickoff. I'd say it at a B plus because I mean it's an anime. It's bringing up hype. I am looking forward to it because the writer Dong and Roba. So far, everything he's been part of has done very well. Um, but they could talk opposite. And just have a really weird last two episodes. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Talk off was such a fun watch, but, man, those last couple episodes was... Uh, while, I mean, it was cool to watch. The fighting was cool. Had that going for us. That The kiss still fucking throws me <laughs> off. That came out of nowhere. A like, complete left field, man. Dude, it did. But, uh, no, this is actually pretty good. And also, just to clarify, for anyone curious, this is actually only available on Funimation. Yes. I think this is actually the first show we've ever reviewed that's only on Funimation. Everything we've ever done is on Crunchyroll. Yeah, it's on Crunchyroll as well, usually. So Yeah, shout out to Zach for letting me borrow his, his Funimation. <laughs> Maybe sooner or later, they'll we'll get the fucking Crunchyroll-Funimation combo package. Funnel the Funnel thank you. Maybe sooner or later, we'll get that, you know, since Sony owns both of them now. I yep. don't know. Uh, if 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 that's gonna happen, as random of as random of, of a time it could be in some people's minds, I would expect that we could potentially hear that very soon, maybe when Sony potentially reveals their Project Spartacus in their video game world, uh, because there has been a lot of rumors with that where like the highest paid tier for it's gonna be a three tier program is mm -hmm. gonna include like Crunchyroll with it yeah. since they own it now, so maybe that highest tier will also maybe include Funimation with it as well. That's something I could see them doing. You know, because I know they're going to, you know, for, you know, for my gamers listening, Project Spartacus is their version of trying to fight Game Pass. Yeah. And they're breaking it down into multiple tiers. Like, they're squashing PS Now and PS Plus and basically combining it together. So, who knows? Maybe maybe in a month. I'm here in a month. 
we could get Project Spire. So maybe in a month we'll find out if Funimation Crunchyroll can be accessed together, which would be pretty cool for me since I don't actually have Funimation. I'm just borrowing yours, obviously. So. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Uh, I guess next up, let's hit Orient. Orient episode two. Uh, is this how, how? How are you still feeling about it? I mean, I I still think that I still think the source material is not bad. Like, I still think it's entertaining in a few different ways. But like, I I feel like the anime itself is lackluster from what the source material could be presenting to us. You know what I mean? I feel the same. I mean, out of what we're talking about right now, and us talking about possibly some stuff not staying, Orient's probably my next one after. Your weakest crest. Because, I mean, it's been entertaining to watch. And, I mean, I'm slightly curious about the story and where it's going to go. But out of everything we're currently watching, it's probably the lowest on my watch list. And, unfortunately, I feel the same, which sucks because I was so hyped for Orient. Uh, I will say Orient was one that I did go in blind to. I actually – I'd say, honestly, for for animes – Eight or nine times out of ten, I don't actually watch trailers. I want to be surprised, uh, which is very different for me, for the record. I love spoilers. But I usually, I I like to be surprised. I I look at, like, the general promotional art. I read the synopsis, and that's usually enough to push me one way or the other. Very rarely will I check out trailers. It's just, I'm I'm weird. I don't know. Um, So I didn't, I never watched the trailer for this. I just saw the promotional art. I read the base plot. I thought it sounded pretty cool. But I just feel like the anime is not doing its justice. And that's actually the general, like, feeling towards the show online is a lot of people are calling this show fucking ass yeah. because they just think the an- – I don't think the animation is terrible by any means. I, I don't. I just think it's, like, very 2008. It very is. Which, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that's the worst thing in the world. I don't, ex- I don't expect every show to be a Demon Slayer or a JJK. I don't expect that. Okay, I don't. You know, I, I can perfectly sit down and watch something – that is like that old school sort of animation and have a good time if the story is also carrying it with me, which while I think the source material, I'm saying it could be very good. We have yet to determine if it could be very good. We're only two episodes in, but I just feel like between where we are at the source material and where the animation and just like the presentation of the show is at, I just feel like it's not selling itself very well. Cause like episode two is like, um, like just kind of a backstory on, is it Kojiro? Yes, uh, it was just kind of a backstory on Kojo because the you know the Kishin they they're fighting they're fighting more Oni they find the Kishin it's like some weird fucking little blob creature they slice it it regenerates itself uh, it eats a bunch of like uh, ore and stuff that you know its minions bring and then it transforms to like a giant fucking red skull nose looking motherfucking demon uh, which that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that nose is like oh what is red skull doing here from Marvel anyway. Um, you know, they, they, they try fighting that, you know, obviously does not work. He tries taking Kodro's sword and just, fuck, I don't see why he you literally just, dragged Kodro around for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Because, which that was ridiculous to me. Like if you're a demon, just fucking eat him with the sword. For what? whatever, for whatever reason, these Onis, they don't eat humans, only ore and metal. But I guess humans are bad for their digestive system. I, fucking. I, well, clearly cause fucking. Musha, she fucking j- fell into that, got the demon's stomach and stomach acid and came out fine, 
which I, again, thought that was fucking stupid. But, yeah, Kojiro's being drug around the entire thing because, you know, the Oni's trying to eat his sword because it's like, oh, yeah, sword, tasty good. And Kojiro's refusing to let go, and he's thinking about, about back about his past because even earlier in this episode when Mushishi and Kojiro are riding off in our fucking motorcycle mount here, you know, Mushishi's like, oh, we're going to create the best Bushi gang out there. And Kojiro's like, I don't give a fuck about that. I gave up on that years ago. But meanwhile, when he's being drug around, he doesn't want to let go of his sword because he's remembering his dad saying, a sword is a Bushi's pride. You can't let it go. You know, so he's refusing to let go because he's like, I'm going to lose my pride. He ends up letting it go. He gets the sword gets eaten. Mushi does some pro tag things, I guess, you know, using his giant scythe pick, whatever, breaking into like the stone stomach of the Kishin and again, falling in stomach acid and retrieving the sword, which I mean, I understand stuff don't get like digested super quickly, but I don't know. I feel like the sword would, I feel like in a Kishin's case with how they're kind of building them, I feel like the, the stones would probably get digested pretty quickly. So I feel like the sword would too. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I mean, there are still some interesting aspects about the world that does pique my interest. Because even at the end, we get to see an actual Bushi gang come with like their floating fucking dojo. Yeah, their their (laughs) floating castle where they just freaking air shoot off a bunch of motorcycles. Yeah, it's just motorcycles everywhere. Who come rolling in, destroy a barrier, come in. It's like, we got this. We're going to take it down. And they set up a whole encampment and everything. You're just like, damn. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Orient is, I think, I feel like it would be a better read. I feel like if we read the manga, I feel like we might have a good time. Um, Possibly. But with the anime, I'm already kind of losing interest, unfortunately. Because this is one that I was actually really hyped for. And one that I even fucking said, it's like, oh, I think Orient could be like one of the best shows to come out of this yep. season. And here we are. <laughs> then we had Tribe 9. Tribe Nine is really uh, Tribe Nine is going to potentially be the best show to come out of this season, uh, personally. But anyway, yeah, Orient Two, it is what it is. Uh, Zach, do you want to hit Dragon Quest or Yashihime? How you feeling on these? Oh yeah, Dragon Quest. They finally finished up all their stuff to go battle Vern. Um, I mean, honestly, not a whole lot happened. Um. They finished up all their stuff. Die's got his sword again. Pop. Sword of Die. Yeah, no, sword of Die. Um, Pop did something. Pop got over his... He did pop things. Yeah, he did pop things. He managed to get up his motivation and decide that I'm going to just do my thing. And he got a little peek of that. His jewel started glowing, but he didn't notice. Um, I really can't remember what happened, honestly. What about Yashihime, then? I know the ending for Yashihime was yeah all i really remember from dragon quest was they finished up all their preparations and crap like that um yasuhime was sort of a troll fest um kiramaru stole the black pearl um so moraha's mad about that starts fighting kiramaru shishomaru feels this tremors going on he's just like damn it girl you should have just left <laughs> and he's walking out of the tree and he's just like, Junkin, take care of Ren. And Ren's having a whole moment of, no, don't go, Lord Shishomaru. And I'm just like, God dang it, Shishomaru. You're going to die like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Shishomaru comes out of the tree, shows up in Karen Maru, and stands off with Karen Maru. No, actually, I take that back. First, Toa and uh, Setsuno arrive to help Moraha to fight Karen Maru. And then Shishomaru shows up and she's like, 
Why don't you fight me? You've already fought these girls and beat them. Why are you wasting time? You haven't beat me. <laughs> look at them. Now look at me. Now look at them and look, look at back me. at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what, what I was thinking whenever Shoshoma was doing this. Fucking throwback to <laughs> fucking. I love those commercials. Thank you. You're welcome. That might be the intro. <laughs> <laughs> but Shoshoma was doing that, and Karamar was like, You're right. I'm going to fight you. And throws the pearl to Shoshomaru. And Shoshomaru's like, nice. <laughs> um, he has the pearl now. And everything. And then he's... what? So those two fight it out. And then the girls are just like, this is our fight too. And hit Karamaru on the back. And Karamaru gets all pissed. He's like, don't interrupt a duel between men. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to do his big purple attack and everything. And Shoshomaru's like, shit. So he th- throws his attack. Shoshomaru gets hit by it. He gets in the way and gets hit. He's like, I endured it. You can't bring me down even with your strongest attack. And when the smoke's everything, he naturally takes the Black Pearl, throws it down, traps all the girls in the Black Pearl. And I do want to mention, there was a new opening in this episode. It was okay. actually pretty nice and everything. Uh, Is this the third, o- third or fourth opening? I think fourth. Okay, so Yashima can get four openings in 38 episodes, and it took like 56 for Dragon Quest to get one. 60. 60, okay. No, it was 50. No, it was 50. Um, yeah. Um, they get all trapped in the jewel where the great dog demon in the west body is and Kagome and Inuyasha. Shishomaru has his little thing. He falls to the ground. Ren and... John can come out and see Shoshomaru fall, go run to him. And uh, Takeichio, the raccoon dog, mm-hmm. he's the whole time, he gets the pearl and he's like, oh no, there's the pearl. What do I do? What do I do? He grabs the pearl and everything has his moment and everything. Runs into Jonkin and Ren and has their moment. And then Kieran Ma was just like, where are you, Shoshomaru? I know you're not dead. I know you're dying, though, from my attack, but I know you're not dead. Let's finish this. That happens, and then we have a finishing in the Black Pearl where Kagome and Inuyasha see the girls being brought into the Pearl and following, and they go in the area and just Kagome and Moraha having a stare-off and Kagome going, Moraha? Moraha having a moment of mother? And Kagome just looking at it and just... Classic Gome mean face going, yep. just straight up going up to Moraha, grabbing her and be like, are you my daughter? <laughs> and they have their nice little moment and hug it out. And like right at the end, before the episode out, it sees Inuyasha just going, just going Gome, there's nothing over here. And Moraha seems just like, <laughs> I like how you did like the dumb voice. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, Mora hussing and Ayasha and just going, Father? And Ayasha just having a moment of... And then it ends. See, I don't watch Yashihime anymore. I dropped it mid-season one, but I did see that whole clip on Thanks to Crunchyroll on YouTube. That was a very nice moment. And even though I have no real context of of some things that happens besides Zach explaining, I may honestly just randomly watch next episode. Because, I mean, these, these these are the moments I've waited for since season one. I mean, it should be an interesting episode because Shippo makes a reappearance finally. Fuck yeah. I yeah. love Shippo. Shippo is apparently going to have a fight with Takeichio uh, for the Black Pearl, apparently. 
So Shippo being Shippo and being a dick. <laughs> uh, Boraha and Inuyasha are going to have a face-off, apparently. And then the two veterans and the three new girls are apparently going to try and attempt to find a way out of the Black Pearl. Okay, right on. I, yeah, I may watch next episode, honestly. Like I said, I would be judged jumping into it. But again, while I have dropped this show... I've waited for this interaction since fucking episode one. Like, this is what I've been waiting for and have wanted to see. So I might actually watch the next episode because Morha is still my favorite character of of this show, that is. Love Morha. She's great. So I've waited for this interaction. So I might actually just randomly jump into the next episode. And if he wants to be nice and do, like, the Shoshomaru Old Spice, that'd be great. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right, what about uh, Platinum in episode 14? Uh, I still have actually, I haven't even watched episode 13, so I'm two episodes behind. Uh, so the, when I when I stopped, when I the last episode I watched was right when we were about to kick it off with Metropolitan and Mirai. So how's that fight going? What's going down? So Metropolitan and Mirai with episode 13 decided they were going to have a classic uh, high noon duel. Okay, right on. They land on the ground and literally just stand at each other and make a deal not to use their wings or dodge. They can only parry and just shoot at each other, take turns shooting at each other. Okay, ballsy. I respect yeah. it. Mirai's doing, using his red arrow. Metropolitan's using his white arrow and everything. And during this, the kid that ran away, he has hijacked into the televisions across Japan and everything, all the studios, and he's actually broadcasting their duel at the carnival and everything this entire time, letting everyone become aware of this thing that's apparently going on of gods and whatnot. Mirai and Metropolitan have no idea this is happening, and they just keep doing their dude thing and just spouting nonsense. Which leads to episode 14, where the two of them are within, like, leaping distance of each other, still going on about, and it's Mirai's um, turn to shoot, and he's going on about how all this time all I can think about is, is this the real Metropolitan? And Mr. Sher yelling, I'm 99% sure that's the real <laughs> Metropolitan. And Mirai going, but there's that 1%. Where I fucking hate Mirai at this point. There's that 1% this is not Metropolitan. And Metropolitan's going, the fuck? I <laughs> cannot stand this protagonist. Like, I'm being straight up. I really can't. I can't wait to go read the comments on that, actually, on, <laughs> on Crunchyroll. And Metropolitan's just like, screw it. Opens up his face mask. It's me. <laughs> and he's just like, that's all I needed. And he charges him. And they have a little moment where he charges um, Metropolitan shoots his white arrow and he parries it and tries to stab him. But of course, he has a red arrow already in him and he's, his arrow can't pierce him. Right. So what Mirai does is he uses his red arrow to force the white arrow from coming out, grabs Metropolitan's arm lifts it up, uses his wings to wrap his wings around Metropolitan's head where he can't be seen, in which during the midpoint of the episode, so naturally makes sure to let you know that, hey, arrows can only be shot when you can see the target. Yeah. So the arrow, the wings are blocking Metropolitan's vision, which only really affects him and other Gonkadians because they're the only ones who can see the wings. At least the whole thing where Metropolitan in his other hand has a ejecto blade where he begins stabbing the shit out of Mirai and just like an Assassin's Creed sort of hidden yeah. blade oh okay right on and like, <laughs> yeah fuck Mirai fuck him up <laughs> well naturally Mr. Sure is very well connected 
and the suit can withstand blades. Oh, okay. So it's more or less just Mirai being the, getting the shit punched out of him by a giant piece of metal. Um, what's her name? Saki? Yeah. Saki jumps in and helps and grabs Metropolitan's other arm. And more or less, they grab him, tie him up with their wings, and link their uh, rings with his. And that, and pretty much just crucify him and have him hanging up with his vision blocked, his arms tied to them. And Mr. Sure gets a hold of that 50, uh, that 50 um, caliber machine gun. Oh, yeah. That's been lying around. Yeah. And he sets it up and brutalizes Metropolitan. So this is it. Yeah, Metropolitan's fucking gone. Like, okay. sh- like straight up, he's in pieces. Okay. <laughs> by the end of this. Okay. Oh, I was honestly expecting that um, out of this arc because you know that was kind of leading into this uh, these set of episodes that we had. That was one of the questions that I was wondering is like, is this the first? You know, the, you know, we've reached the halfway point of this yeah. uh, series. I'm gonna go ahead and say series, not season, because we know the manga is only 89 chapters. I think yeah. is what it was. So. Uh, you know, we were me and you were kind of thinking that these twenty four episodes could be the whole series itself. Yeah. So I was actually kind of thinking that maybe this is where we're going to see Metropolitan bite it. So this that is the case. We see him bite it here. Yeah, Metropolitan dies. Every, again, this is televised to everyone across Japan, so everyone sees this oh. of just them holding magically holding Metropolitan and offing him with a fifty gal fifty caliber machine gun. Okay, uh, Mister Sure. Finally passes. He dies in the end. Um, yeah. Okay, that's random. No, I just remembered a fucking. I just remembered a fucking comment that was roasting Mira, where it's just like, where Mister is like the comments like Mister Sure is gonna die from cancer before Mira kills someone. <laughs> well, congratulations. The comment was correct. <laughs> Mira still hasn't killed anyone. That's he helped c- in killing somebody. Doesn't he count. Didn't, he didn't actually kill him. <laughs> that's funny. Mister Sure got the, got the kill. Um, Shout you, out, Mister Sure, you fucking fi- legend! You find out the kid that ran away is actually a god candidate. It seems. Oh, so he wasn't just gifted wings. Oh, oh, plot twist! It seems like he might actually be a god candidate, and for some reason, Metropolitan didn't know that. <laughs> That's kind of weird that he wouldn't know that when he's like so calculative of everything that he does. Yes. So that's kind of interesting. Well, if, is this kid big brained? Apparently. So it's like in big brained. This yeah. is by the Death Note creator, so we should... Fuck, we should have seen this coming. Yeah. Because <laughs> this kid apparently planned this out, set up all this television stuff to show all this off to people, and he also was the one who... Well, I don't know for sure. He didn't show it, but I'm guessing he's the one that had shot Metropolitan with a red arrow. So as Metropolitan dies, all those rings he's been collecting fly away to somebody. Interesting. Um... But yeah, Mr. Sure dies in the hospital, and his angel, Barrett, I believe her name was. Yeah, Barrett. Uh, gives his rings to Saki, who's crying and all this crap. And oh, so Saki's got a fucking top tier shit now. Possibly. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, Saki got his set of rings and all that stuff, and everyone's death, and that's where it ends. All right, well... Death to the most interesting character of the show. Well, second. Nice is pretty great. So, second. I, oh, there was even a nice moment as she watched the rings go away. She's like, and there they go. 
And she's like, this is one more step from your eye. <laughs> I love her. It's one more step towards happiness. <laughs> I love her. Uh, I'm actually really looking forward to watching these episodes now. Just didn't get around to it this week because of everything else that we watched. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I'll finish things off with Demon Slayer, and I want to go ahead and start with this. Um, so before I watched the episode, uh, Nezuko was trending okay. on Twitter. Do you know why now? Yes. So I naturally was curious, uh, you know, because I have read this arc, so I kind of know that Nezuko gets a demon, demonic, you know, power-up, Yeah. obviously. With this demon power-up, uh, really flexes the tits out there. Isn't she like 12? Exactly. That's the point. <laughs> So when I saw her trending, the the base concept of why she was trending was one person on Twitter saying, you know, put up the picture of her, you know, with you know the tits very just out there and you know out there and going. Where the guy was just like, okay, but hear me out. And then everyone quote tweeting it, you know, quote tweeting it, roasting this guy and him responding to almost everybody saying one simple thing that's in his bio. Which obviously, let's I'll go ahead and say this: he could be lying, but we'll take benefit of the doubt and say that he's telling the truth. Of everyone, just like this guy's so fucking disgusting. It's like she's fucking twelve and blah blah. And he responded to everyone. He's like, but I'm fifteen. <laughs> but I'm 15 and everyone's and someone even responded back was just like yeah but it's still really fucked up whatever that you know you're attracted to a minor and he responded he's like a minor can't be attracted to a minor <laughs> I, I, again I don't know if he's telling the truth but I mean it is in his bio whatever yeah. it's just like he you know he, you know he and him whatever 15 blah blah so I just thought that was funny he took the time to respond to almost everybody where it's like I'm 15 though I'm I mean, 15. He, he has the time, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So that's why she was trending, so that was funny. But no, this is actually a really good episode. I really enjoyed this. Um, very heavily focused on Tondra. This was very heavily focused on him of fighting our uh, upper upper six. Fighting the upper six the entire time. Him still trying to do the sun breathing. Him, like, really pushing his body to the limits where his eyes get, like, completely bloodshot while he's still trying to do the sun breathing. You know, he almost, you know, for one single fucking scene, it's like kind of like a like a Super Saiyan mode there for a sec because his hair just, like, whoosh, just kind of spikes up as his eyes just go bloodshot. But I, I just sort of had a thought because I remember reading through this arc because when I did actually read Demon Slayer, this was actually the new chapters that were coming out. Yeah. And if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't he and a lot of other people get really fucked up? Oh, well, okay, in this arc? Yeah. Um, Everyone gets hurt, yes, but Uzai does get fucked up. Okay, I was thinking he got really fucked up in this. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. I mean, he definitely gets injured. I mean, just in this episode alone, he he fucking is com- basically on on edge of like where he's almost out of the fight essentially. Okay, but yeah, everyone everyone gets fucked up. Uzai especially gets fucked up. Yeah, okay. I guess spoiler there. Sorry, but it is what it is. I mean, series has been done for two years. De- off. Demon Slayer has set a precedent. People get fucked up. <laughs> and let me go ahead and spoil this too. People really get fucked up with the last arc. That's all I'll say. It's fucking brutal. I mean, <laughs> Demon Slayer set a pace because in every single arc, everyone gets messed up from the Mugen train forward. Yeah. As soon as they add in the upper, it's just all no whole bars. Everyone's losing something. Yes. Yes. And it gets fucking bad. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's duking it out with, um, you know, with our upper, upper six, whatever. Um, which one thing that I thought was, I mean, I get it, you know, it's anime. You know, you got to stretch the episode. You got to get all your plot in. But, you know, once, uh, once Has like, not that part. <laughs> uh, once, like, you know, um, you know, it shows like Uzai and like uh, uh, Inosuke and Zenitsu. Zenitsu is still asleep, of course. Uh, they leave and they're getting ready to go join the battle. 
but that's at the beginning of the episode, so it's like 20 minutes later of the episode, and it's just like Uzai, who's like so unbelievably fast as Shinobi, is still not there yet in an area that I'm pretty sure is probably not that big. I, it's a big area. Entertainment District's large, but you see, it's just, I don't, that's me being nitpicky. Um, I'm pretty sure it took like five chapters for him to show up at that fight. Yeah, it was, it's ridiculous. Uh, so, you know, like I said, the primary focus of the fight is Tondro using sun breathing. Uh, you also could see some um, some different flashbacks of where um, uh, Rengoku's father was riding Tondro. And, you know, he's thinking back to the letter that he wrote to uh, Tondro where he's, you know, basically apologizing for how they originally met, acknowledging that Rengoku was a fine son, that his other son is a fine son, that, you know, it's... You know, once his wife died, he just kind of went off the deep end, alcoholic, whatever. He's like, you know, basically owning up, like, hey, all this shit's my fault. Uh, Rengoku was a good son, and, you know, even after I stopped teaching him, he still continued to teach himself through the through the novels, like the books of fire breathing, and he's just like, you know, you know, just basically owning up to everything, and, you know, even saying that, you know, talking about Tandro's, you know, his sun breathing where he's just like, you know, the people that are blessed with sun breathing can do this or whatever. And he even referenced the mark on his head, you know, it was just like, you are gifted. And Tondro's then, you know, you know, commentating to himself. He's just like, no, I'm not, you know, this, I got this from protecting my brother. It's a, you know, from getting hit with, you know, some, uh, boiling water or whatever. And Tondro's basically just trashing himself. Yeah. It's just like, I, I'm not, I'm not that special, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, once he kind of, like, flips his shit, you also have a moment where you see the original uh, user of the sun breathing and, you know, through the upper six's eyes. And she's like, wait a minute, like, this isn't my memories. And she's realizing that it's Muzon cells. Uh, of Basically, she's seeing his memories in this moment of where Tondro's, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, stone cold Tondro's about to fucking finish this fight. Like, he's about to fucking win. And then, he, you, know, in, you know, in his little, like, in his mind, whatever, he has, like, a a moment where he sees one of his siblings where his sibling is yelling at Tondro to breathe. Cause basically throughout this whole time, he hasn't really been breathing. He's basically just been kind of running with the motions. And when he finally like hears this where it's like, you know, brother breathe, you know, he stops right before he's about to fucking finish her off. And it's like completely collapses. He cannot breathe. He can't see. He can't hear. And you know that you know this is kind of where you know you reference the fucking Yay, up. Yeah. oxygen deprivation. Exactly. Uh, and right when she's about to finish him off, because she's pissed. That's when Nezuko comes in and starts doing her thing and starts like kind of fucking her up. Then you know she. That's when she body modification. Yeah, yeah. And she like gives like she gets a fucking good kick in the face on uh, Upper Six where, like, half her fucking head gets completely blown off, and Upper Six is pissed. And she's like, oh, you're the one that he was talking about. And you get a little moment where she's, like, trying to get up on his dick. You know, talking about Muzon. And Muzon's like, there's one demon that got away with from me. I need you to take care of it. And, and then, you know, Upper Six is like, I'm going to have fucking fun demolishing you. So they kind of scrap it out a little bit. You know, Nezuko gets thrown around, but her regeneration's, like, unfucking real Where Upper Six is like, wow, her regeneration's, like... Like top tier upper levels. Am I fucked? <laughs> and that's when Nesco has her like her demonic transformation, where it's like you see like like almost like the like the vines kind of go around her body, yeah. whatever. And again, uh, the 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 fucking reason why she was trending with the you know like all of a sudden she's got tits now. It's like all right, well she's twelve, so thanks, appreciate that, but whatever. No, I honestly don't remember from that from the manga. I was more distracted by the vines growing on her arms. Yeah, see the vines is very strange to me. I I don't I I didn't remember it from the manga either. I forgot about it until. I saw that was fucking trending, and that's all why it was trending. Which again, I thought was funny. If, the, if if that guy was actually fifteen, 
That was funny. <laughs> Shout out to him for responding to everyone saying that he's 15. And my favorite response was, again, a minor can't be attracted to a minor. That was funny. That gave me a good laugh. Uh, <laughs> and there was a lot of people defending him, too. I quote trading was just like, yo, just go read his bio. He's fucking 15. Like, he's good. And some of the responses <laughs> was, was funny, too, where it's just like one person be like, yo, bro, she's like 14. And he's just like, but I'm 15. He's like. Right, you good for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Dude, these responses fucking cracked me up. Now I just need a picture that you need to be this sage to rise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it did it did, it did crack me up. It, it was funny. That was a fun day on Twitter. Uh, but no, I mean, this episode was really solid, dude. It had a lot of great action. We're reaching our climax for this arc because this arc obviously is only like 11 or 12 episodes long and we yeah. are on episode six. So we're slowly approaching the climax right now. Shit's about to continue to pop off off even more uh i you know good episode very much enjoyed this i'm looking forward to seeing um the rest of it kind of pan out uh favorite episode of the week that was the last one right yeah that okay. was the last one yeah favorite episode of the week uh honestly land of Leodel. really episode one or two or just two both? okay uh for me it's actually either demon slayer or tribe nine for me followed by the mushrooms mushrooms are funny uh, but I'd say Tribe Nine or Demon Slayer for me. Tribe Nine was very enjoyable. I, I that was th- that lived up to my expectations. So, all right. Um, I guess we can jump over to ratings, chapter ratings. Uh, Shonen Jump was on a break this week, though. Um, so we have no Shonen Jump chapters for this week. What? Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, no Shonen Jump chapters for this week. Uh, so I'll go ahead and kick things off with Jump Plus. Uh, my Hero Vigilantes one seventeen. Knuckle Duster, baby. I'm giving this one a nine. Fun chapter. Oh, was Knuckle Duster actually involved? Yeah, in a way, yeah. Okay. He, I mean, his character was drawn in, yes, but was he physically there? No. It was, it was just uh, um, our, pro, our protagonist just, like, I guess hallucinating and seeing Knuckle Duster there okay. with him. Yeah, meanwhile, you know, uh, night, you know the... the I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on his hero names. Like something crawler, night crawler or whatever, uh, is using the knuckle style for his, for his uh, quirk. So, shout okay. out to Knuckle Dust. The legend continues. <laughs> Give that one a nine. Uh, Spy Family, 58.2. And it's only a point two. I don't know why they just didn't call it 59, but it's I don't know. just point two because 58 was just part one of it, where it's just like the fucking, they go into a fire. It was fire. a two part story. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, what would you rate it? I'd give it an eight. Give it eight as well. Dan to Dan chapter 40. You know what? I'm giving this one a nine. I really enjoyed this chapter. I just read this one earlier today. Very, very good chapter. Very dark. Very, very dark. Like, probably one of the dark... I mean, this whole series is dark. Let me go ahead and st- stress that here. This is one of the darkest chapters for a good fucking bit. Hmm. Because it shows basically, like, the... What are they called in this series? There's, like, know. there's like three different things happening in this series. Because there's, like, you know, the curses or the spirits. There's aliens. I, it's all over the place. I'll just say a demon, right? Like, I guess the main demon that they're trying to, like, stop here, you kind of get you get to see their backstory, essentially, where he's, like, uh, like a little boy, like, locked in a cell. And, like, the you know, the village, like, just basically, you know, he always looks out where he's, like, he sees everyone else, like, playing, and he wants to play with them. And he's just, like, fucking shafted by the village elders and everything. And then they fucking sacrifice sacrifice him to a volcano like <laughs> yeah Dang. yeah like they tie him up to a pole and the volcano erupts and obviously fucking kills him when people come find him later like you know you just see like a black burnt corpse tied that to this escalated. pole yeah and someone is like wait is he still alive he's like twitching um 
So, like, one of our main characters for this series who we just got introduced to recently, like, he's kind of, like, seeing these, like, flashbacks in his head because when it comes to this demon, he, like, if he looks at you, he drives you to the point where you want to commit suicide. Like, if he looks at you directly in the eye, you just get flooded with thoughts oh, that you want to... Oh, he's wrong. Yes. Where you... Yes. <laughs> Shout out to the deranged detective. Fun series. And I need, I need to read more of that, especially after what you sent me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to keep reading on that. Honestly, I need to pick it back up and just completely catch up and just add it back to the lineup. It's gotten good. I, I need I need to. I mean, I enjoy what I read again, but... Literally, what I sent to Alex was a shot from when stuff was getting good. And it's just a guy impaled on a unicorn statue. Yep. yep. Uh, but yes, that's essentially what it is. Like, once he looks at you, he drives you to the point of suicide, which is how this particular character who's seeing these memories, that's how his parents died because this little boy is now like a ghost. He's a spirit. So he drove his parents to suicide. Um, and, um, man, it, it, it just gets dark. And whenever he finally gets to meet the kid, like it's, you know, kind of set up where, uh, you know, like he's trying to befriend the kid and the kid's just like trying to befriend him back where it's like a nice little sweet moment. Right. Where it's just like the kid's finally getting what he wants, a friend. And, you know, uh, our character's like, yeah, we can we can play. Let's play a game. We'll play for a lifetime. And like the, the kid, man, it's such a fucking wicked shot. Uh, just like a sick, demented smile. He's like, you said it. And then he takes over his body. And next panel's like this, like he completely takes over. He's like, now I'm gonna eradicate the entire human race. It's like, oh fuck, okay, yeah, giving this one a nine. This this is a good chapter. All right, Dana Dan is fucking wild. Fire Force 297, that, of course, Fire Force coming to a close. Uh, he did confirm that recently that he only had one more chapter to draw. Dang. Uh, it's not saying it's one more chapter left, obviously. You know, there are chapters stockpiled and yeah. done. But, I mean, we're probably going to end it here in maybe four to eight chapters. Fire Force is done. Dang. I know. Why do I always catch up to series right when they end? Same thing happened with Seven Deadly Sins. What the fuck is this shit? Anyway, I'd give this one probably an eight. Uh, what about uh, Tokyo 237? I give it a seven. Yeah, I give it a seven as well. Uh, Eden zero one seventy four. Seven. Seven. We didn't read two year eternity, right? Nope. Okay. Uh, seven daily sins for not the apocalypse chapter forty six. Give this one a seven. Uh, Ranger reject chapter thirty six. I want to give it a good rating, but at the same time, I'm siding with some of the comments that I read where it's like, "What the fuck is happening in this right now?" Like, what the f- hit the button. God, which one was it? What the. F- is this chapter i got it right first try <laughs> no that that's that was my response because like what the fuck was this chat I, I i since i finished reading i'm like okay kind of an interesting twist where we're taking uh the blue keeper the blue ranger essentially who was obviously poised like when we originally met him the one time we did a massive asshole yeah. where like when he's in like you know in the play mode on Sundays where they fight the demons. They look as heroes, you know, he's got a, uh, he, he can't talk. He has a fucking like mask on and he's not allowed to talk. And they point out layers like, this isn't why you're fucking allowed to talk. Cause you're a fucking dick, you know? So like, he's now poised where he's not actually a bad guy. He's just an asshole. I don't know, man. <laughs> so like, as soon as I finished the chapter, I, I, I read some of the comments and the very first one said, what the fuck is happening in these last few chapters? I kind of feel the same way. It had some pretty hype moments, and now I'm just like, what the hell's going on? I'd probably give it a seven. Uh, Unordinary 243. I'd give it an eight. Eight as well. We Carol 172. I'd give it a nine. Give it a nine. LC 151. I'd give it another nine. Favorite chapter of the week? LC. Dan to Dan. All right, well, that's everything. Uh, we had a long show today. Well, we had a lot of episode ones. I feel like we did pretty well with the pacing, though, even though we had a lot. 
lot it's of a good thing ones. we didn't have a lot more ratings. I know. I know. I'm very thankful that Jump was on a break this week. Also, I did see that, um, I don't know if you saw this, Kaiju won't have a new chapter for three weeks. Correct. Big sad. Big sad. But, yeah, three weeks we'll get Kaiju back. But, uh, no, good good episode. Uh, lots of good talks here with a lot of episode ones. We'll see what uh, we'll see what makes to the script next week. Yeah. Not Mage. <laughs> we'll see if Orient episode three makes it. I'll watch episode three, and if I absolutely just – fucking don't give a shit it probably won't make it on the script i mean sounds good yeah i mean i'll watch the episode i will but will it make the script or not is the question um everything else i feel like is probably pretty good to stay yeah uh, I, I like uh in the land is I, I like that one love of kill i feel like you like that one a lot more than me but i probably. do i do i do enjoy it <laughs> i don't think there's a problem about it uh, i think we both equally really like tribe nine though yeah tribe yeah. nine is good tribe nine is pretty solid um once again we're up to something we got something. We got something coming. It's pretty big. It's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, Zach, any last thoughts? And we can go ahead and get out of here because I'm hungry and I'm about to actually order food. That's why I was on my phone earlier the whole because I was picking out what I wanted to eat. So I'm hungry. Alrighty, sounds good. Well, if you made it through this long episode, we appreciate it and everything that you do. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help. If you want to see more stuff like this, you can hit that subscribe button. If you actually want to know when anything goes up on our channel, you can hit the bell. You know, YouTube will let you know. It's at youtube.com slash sparky3. Do everything that he said and more. And once again, we're up to something. It's big. It's going to be really cool. I can't wait to get for my fajitas to get here because that sounds super fucking delicious. I am starving. Well, we have a lot of stuff to do uh, with the cool stuff coming. Uh, but again, hopefully you did enjoy this episode. You made it to the end. Comment down below your thoughts on any of these new series. Uh, are you kind of feeling the same way we are with like maybe Orient? Do you feel the same way about the mage stuff? Because I really didn't care for that. Uh, so yes, please comment down below, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. Until next time, guys, have a good one. See ya. Bye.